Uh, did you hear about the Arab who uh, came up to an American tourist wearing a bathing suit in the Sahara Desert? And he asked him what he was doing, and the American said, I'm going swimming. <laughs> and the Arab said, but, but the ocean is 800 miles away. And the optimistic American said, boy, what a beach. <laughs> Sometimes the only response to difficulty is to find something to be happy about. Now, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Last week we began this series on Thanksgiving. And, and I, how many of you took your journals out last week after I said that and you wrote down five things for which you were grateful each day? Anybody remember to do that? Okay, well, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> I brought it up so you would remember. <laughs> Is this microphone really on? <laughs> I brought it up so you might remember to do that this week. You might write down five things for which you're thankful so that when you go to sleep at night, you can think about those positive things for which you're thankful, right? Because, you know, my wife dreams a lot, and she dreams about stuff. She Usually she has a crisis, and I'm not there, and she's looking for me to take care of it, and she can't find me anywhere. It's a terrible... So I, I've suggested to her she could try this approach to things, and it might work a little bit better for us. Now, what, last week we said the Bible and science help us to be, benefit our lives. Being thankful helps us to benefit our lives in almost every way. Remember, it makes people want to be around us because we're grateful people. We're happy people. People search out people like that, don't they? And it makes us less stressed, and it makes us less depressed, and it even helps us sleep better. So think about that. We talked about a few ways we could become more thankful, and I hope you did keep the journal if you didn't do it this week. And we're trying to change anything in our lives uh, to being intentionally thankful and not just forgetting to do that. We need the Holy Spirit to point out things to us. The Holy Spirit can show us things for which to be grateful, can't he? And this week we're going to talk more about what the Bible has to say about thankfulness. Now, in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, it says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. People hear that verse and they think it's impossible. And, you know, how can I give thanks in all circumstances? But I want you to notice it says in all circumstances, not for all circumstances, right? I mean, there's evil in the world and there's injustice and there's cruelty and they exist every day in the world. And scripture never tells us to give thanks for wicked, immoral, sinful circumstances, does it? but to give thanks in the midst of them. Because even in the midst of them, God can use things for something positive to happen. As followers of Jesus, we know that we're not immune to trials and pains and difficulties and sufferings. You know, the world goes through those things. We go through those things too, don't we? And yet, we have Jesus. Now, what if we didn't have God with us? How could we ever make it through if we didn't have God with us? I mean, he's the one that enables us to get through to the other side. So through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be thankful in circumstances for several reasons. First, God is always with us. What a blessing that is. I don't know what you do if you don't have God with you. Even in the darkest times, He is there with us to shine the light. And second, 
Jesus understands what we're going through. You know Jesus in his life, he went through pain and suffering. If anybody understands, he does, right? You know, a lot of times we have people who come to We Care, and a lot of times what happens is when they come in, they really just want somebody to listen to them. And so the counselors, are just, they're just there for them. They listen to them. They say, I understand. I remember there was a girl years ago, and, and she had MS. And she was Laura, my wife's age. And she had been struggling with her health for many, many years. She had gone to college. She had gone to work. And then her health began to deteriorate. She lived at home with her parents for a long time. Her parents were still living. They were great. They came and checked on her all the time. But she got to a place where she really needed health care all the time, 24-7. Occasionally, her mom and dad would come get her, and they would take her to the house for a little while to visit, but then she would just be worn out and need to go back home. And she stayed in this room and this assisted living facility, and we would go visit her. And I can remember on the days when she was having a hard day, or maybe she was having a hard week, she would talk about it, and she would tell us what was going on. She didn't do that all the time, but, you know, sometimes she was struggling. And I remember I just wanted to listen to her. And I wanted to let her know I understood, and I, I'm listening, I understand. I, I can't imagine what it's like to go through what you're going through right now. And, you know, that was really what she needed. She didn't need a pep talk or somebody trying to give her the answer to all that. She just really needed somebody to listen and encourage her and help her through that time. And so that's what I tried to do. And then the third thing is the Holy Spirit is in us. God's Spirit lives in us. When we become Christians, His Spirit takes up residence inside of us, and He convicts us, He encourages us, He empowers us, He strengthens us. And you know, I'm going to talk a little bit today about when I got sick last year in December, and really I'm not doing that because I'm the only person who ever got sick. Believe me, there are a lot of people who got sicker than I was, people who struggled longer and harder. There are people right now who have COVID, they're in the hospital, and nobody can take care of them because they can't go. The family and friends can't go to be there with them. That's not really why I'm doing that. What I'm doing is I'm just trying to give glory to God and kind of give a testimony of God's goodness in the midst of that. Okay? You with me so far? And so that's what I want to talk about just a little bit today. When I was there, Laura and I didn't just sit around and say, I'm so thankful that we don't know whether I'm going to live or die or not. That's not exactly the way, <laughs> the way we were looking at it. However, we did find things for which to be thankful. One, that my family and friends could be there. I was so grateful for that. Somebody in my room 24-7, if they came in to give me medication, they were writing down what I was getting, checking on everything, making sure I was taken care of. I was so thankful for our staff here at the church who just stepped up and took care of everything. I couldn't do it. And, you know, I, didn't, I couldn't even talk to them about it. They just took care of everything, and I was grateful. I was grateful for the nurses and doctors. I, I thought, you know, many times in the middle of the night when those nurses were working all night, I thought, what must it be like to have their job? I mean, what a challenging thing to do, to go from room to room to room all night long. And, I mean, th there, were, there was a lot of medicine I had to have, and they were giving it to me through my veins. And they had to check all that stuff really carefully and make sure that it was just right. And it took a while just in my room alone to do all that. And I would just thank God for them. And when they came to check on me, I would just say, thank you. Thank you for doing this for me. It was a blessing. The doctors who came in, who encouraged me, who met with me, who talked to me, who explained what was going on and helped me through that time, I was grateful. And then I was grateful that I got to come back to you. Yeah. 
I was. I was grateful that, that I could do this again. I, you know, I, I was grateful that I could. I, listen, I was grateful that I could stand for longer than 30 seconds at some point. Because when I, I was so weak and so vulnerable and so worn out, that that's all I could do at first. And I had to have a walker. And, I, you know, and then, uh, you know, I did home health care when I got home after a while. And then uh, they took, sent me to an outpatient uh, health care deal. And I went there. And then... I signed up for sequence just in time for COVID. I, th I think it was right after we paid our money for sequence that COVID broke out. We haven't been, not one time. We weren't able to go. And let me just say to you, um, in case you're wondering, that when I, when I came out of the hospital, I was on insulin. I, I've never been on insulin before, but being a type 2 diabetic, now I have to be on insulin because it started during that crisis that I went through. And then after that, they increased my insulin, okay? And what happened was when they increased my insulin, I gained 10 pounds overnight. There's some good news right there. And I'm going, no, wait a minute. I went to the doctor and he said, well, insulin makes you gain weight. That sounds like a design flaw to me. You take insulin because you have diabetes, it makes you gain weight, which is not good for your diabetes, right? Which leads me to wonder when they say they're practicing medicine. I'm just thinking, yeah, that's what they're doing. They're practicing. So just between us, don't tell anybody, I've gained an extra 10 pounds, okay? And that's why I have to wear my stretchy pants that I have on today because I can't get my clothes on. You think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. And I'm trying to get that weight back off, but, but you know, I have to eat three meals a day, and they have to be at a certain time. And it's, it's a challenge with the medicine, and I'm working on it. Laura's working on it too. So just pray for me that I'll lose that weight. And then I've said I was so grateful that I wasn't sick during COVID. You see, it's, it's possible to be thankful when difficult things are happening. And Laura and I were able to see how God was there, how he was faithful, and he blessed our lives. And we believe, no matter how it looked, that we, he was working to make all things good. You know, that's what Romans 8, 28 says, that he's going to do that. He's going to bring good out of bad. And we don't just offer thanks to God occasionally, but we do that on a regular basis. We do that in all circumstances. Even when we have trials, we're grateful for God's presence and his understanding and his comfort. In fact, being able to see things for which to be thankful during that time helped Laura and me to get through it. And now the Bible is full of stories of people who were faithful during times of suffering and difficulty in the midst of horrible situations. There's a story about the Apostle Paul and Silas, a ministry partner that he had who went along with him. And that story is in the book of Acts. And, and one time, Paul and Silas were there in this town, and they were ministering to people. And there was a woman who was demon-possessed. And this woman was a slave to these guys because this demon allowed her to predict the future. And so these guys would make money off of her predicting the future, and she would share those thoughts, and, and they had a pretty sweet deal going. And then Paul and Silas showed up, and they got tired of this woman because she kept following them around. And here's what she would say. This was interesting to me. These men are the servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Even a demon-possessed woman recognized godly men, recognized people who were trying to help others find their way to Christ. Isn't that amazing? And so Paul turned around, and he just cast the demon 
out of her. And now she couldn't predict the future anymore. And the guys who were making money off of her were upset because now they had taken away the golden goose. And so they had Paul and Silas stripped and beaten with rods and thrown into prison. And if you read that story, it says that they were in prison around midnight. Now, what were they doing? They were praying to God and they were singing praises to him around midnight. And everybody in the prison could hear them. Here these two guys have gotten beat up for trying to share the life of Christ with other people so that they might know him. And there they are celebrating in prison. They knew to be thankful even in the worst of circumstances. And while they're doing that, God sent an earthquake and it opened up the prison so that the prisoners could leave, but they didn't leave. And it, what happened was the jailer woke up because of the earthquake and he realized what had happened and he thought, well, I'm going to be killed because on my watch these people got out. And so he decided that he would kill himself instead of waiting on them to come and get him. But Paul shouts out to the man and he said, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Isn't that amazing? They stuck around. And then the jailer realized that they were there and he fell trembling before Paul and Silas, and he said, what must I do to be saved? God used even this terrible experience for Paul and Silas to bring this jailer to himself. Isn't that a marvelous thing? That God could use a tragedy like that to bring about something triumphant. The world is watching us as Christians. You know that? They're watching us all the time. Our daughter, Elizabeth, has a, a, her daughter is Collins, and she's four. And Collins watches everything that her mother does and says. And there are times when Elizabeth wishes she didn't do that. <laughs> but she does, right? And you know, your kids growing up, your family, the people you're close to, your friends, the people you work with, the world. People watch us all the time. And as Christians, our witness is so important that we live that Christian life and that we show others how to be thankful regardless of the circumstances. That's why it's important that we can shine that light into a world of darkness. Now, in Philippians, the fourth chapter, it says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a good word to live by right there. We could just kind of keep that with us all the time and read it during the day. As God's children, we don't have to be anxious about things. And, you know, people around us, they'll notice that, won't they? And they'll see that. And so, you know, for us to live uh, as children of God, you know, we need to show the world how to live. Laura and I knew that when we were in the hospital, people were watching us, and we had to help them deal with their situation as well. The staff in the hospital could see how we reacted or responded to things. And what we hoped they saw was faith in the midst of a challenge. In return, God granted us a peace that passes, passes all understanding. You know, we came through on the other side, and we knew that regardless of the outcome, I would be with God, right? God does not ask us to do hard things without blessing us tremendously because of it. And when we are a blessing, he makes those circumstances more manageable because of our trust and faith in him. 
God did a wonderful thing for us, and he does that for so many more millions of people all the time. Everybody here could stand up and share a testimony today of how God has blessed them, how God saw them through a difficult time. Maybe it's you, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's someone you know, maybe it's your neighbor. You know, you can share those things too because they're so real. Do you all remember Christopher Reeve, the actor? Christopher Reeve was this big, strong, good-looking guy. He played the role of Superman. He, he's dead now, but, but while he was living, he played polo. And he got thrown off his horse and went head over heels. And, and because of that, he was injured tragically, and he became a quadriplegic. And it was so severe that his paralysis, he, he couldn't even breathe on his own. But I noticed something about Christopher Reeve. They got him up in the wheelchair, and there was very little he could do. But every time they showed him on television, he was always smiling. Did you notice that? Whenever you saw him after that, he was always smiling. And I, th I don't know if he became a Christian or not, but I think he learned a very valuable lesson, and the lesson is this. What we think about is what we become. What we think about is what we become. Now think about that for a minute. What do we think about? What do we think about during the day? Do we think about ourselves? Do we think about the Lord? Do we think about others? Are we thinking positive thoughts, negative thoughts? Are we happy? Are we sad? What's going on in our lives? Because it has a direct impact on what we become. And I think that's something we need to remember. Now, some of you know the story of Corey Tin Boom. Corey Ten Boom uh, lived in Harlem in, in uh, Holland, and when Laura and I went to Israel the first time, we went through Amsterdam, and, and, and the guide for our group had our passports, so we would have gone and gotten on the train and gone to Harlem to see the watchmaker shop where Corey Ten Boom and her family lived. You know, they were Christians. What they did was they hid Jews during World War II and tried to help them escape from the Nazis. You know, they wouldn't have been affected by what was going on with the war if they hadn't done that, but they chose to do that to save people's lives. And they were caught, and because they were caught, then they had to go to the concentration camps as well. Corey and her sister Betsy went to Ravensbrook. That was the concentration camp they were in. And one of the things they discovered pretty early on was it was infest, infested with fleas and lice. Miraculously, they were able to smuggle a Bible in, and they would try to share the faith with other people there. And then they noticed something. They noticed that the guards stopped coming into their barracks. And it meant that what they could do then, they were not assaulted, and what they could do was they could actually have Bible studies, full-blown Bible studies. And they led countless women to the Lord during that time in that barracks because the guards wouldn't come in. It was only later they discovered the guards didn't come because of the fleas and the lice. Now, Betsy had already told Corey, she said, Corey, we need to thank God for the fleas and the lice. When's the last time you thank God for fleas and lice? Put that one on your journal this week, okay? And she said, no, I can't do it. I draw the line. I'm not going to thank God for fleas and lice. But Betsy insisted and so Corey started saying, Lord, I want to thank you for that, even that as well. These two women, these faithful women of God, they said, you know, even in the worst of circumstances, we're going to be grateful. We're going to be thankful. 
And what a tremendous witness they had because of it in that life. But, but also that witness went on. People still read about it. They watch the movie. They hear about it. They talk about it today because they were faithful to do that. You know, things are not great right now, are they? It's COVID. And so did you notice that people have masks on around you? Did you see that? Did you notice that we're socially distanced now? Did you notice that it's not normal like it used to be, that, that we can't just do the things we once did and take for granted? You know, we're just grateful to be able to come to church again, right? And we're ready for COVID to go away, right? But here are these two sisters, and they say, God, we thank you for fleas and lies. So today, maybe, we can say, Lord, we thank you for COVID. We thank you for COVID because of the things it makes us appreciate. We're thankful for the little things as life begins to come back. We're grateful for the way that you've blessed us abundantly. We pray that we might be a blessing to others. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.